My favorite part about Craig is how he okay. doesn't panic. Sorry. That's <laughs> unflappable <Yeah>. Craig. <laughs> Everybody stay calm. This is Beers with Howls. Threats, beers, and also Bliss. Welcome or welcome back. This is Beers with Talos, episode 103. I'm joined as always by Joel Essler, Craig Williams, Matt Only, and joining us today, we have a special guest. Joe Marshall from the Talos ICS and Skater Group is here with us. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, we want to go around the table, get an opening thought from everybody. Uh, Craig, you are just to the right of me, so you'll be first today. What's on your mind, bud? Well, I did see an interesting tweet today. Uh, it was my, my buddy, Alex Lansing. Uh, he was tweeting about an FBI, uh, I think it was an indictment coming out, discussing how they're basically finally going to go after all these crypto pump and dump ICOs, um, hopefully more aggressively. So... You know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that while law enforcement is incredibly late to the party, like in terms of like me inviting the dinosaurs to dinner late to the party, um, <laughs> but it, it's it's good to see something positive happening there because I feel like that space has been ripe with abuse for a long time, and it always bothers me when I see people you know taking financial advantage of others. So I'm excited to see what law enforcement has planned, uh, and it was it was great news. It was a great way to start my afternoon. So, which coins did you get burned on? Which <laughs> <laughs> Joel, what's on your mind today, buddy? Oh, I'm I'm playing. I'm fighting. Uh, uh, let me back up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm getting I'm getting home. What what is it? Uh, Cabin fever. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate. It. That's what don't I don't tell to me. I don't know Joel. Esler. I'm getting cabin fever. <laughs> I, winter sucks. I'm done. COVID sucks. I'm done. Done. So if we could just wrap this up so we could get back to going outside and, and mingling amongst other humans, that'd be great. Okay, everybody? Texas, looking at you. <laughs> Are you, uh, you getting the pool ready to go for the spring yet, Joel? Or is it not time for that yet up there? I did. I No, I just scheduled it. It's like 50 days away till opening. So I'm, Pictures and catchers cool. report to Joel Esler 50 days from today. Yep. <laughs> Matt, what's on your mind, bud? I'm going to kill this goddamn cat. <laughs> I, I had no idea that that was bothering uh, you. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got like a half a gallon of sweet tea on the floor and ice, and it's all over my notebook and just <laughs> all because the cat suddenly discovered oh, God. jerky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that was iced tea. That's brutal. That's good stuff too. So when I go home to Alabama, if I could get like a gallon of Milo's sweet tea, I'll smuggle it in my luggage. I don't even care. Yeah, like you just can't nice. get good quality sweet tea up here in Yankee Land. <laughs> now that we've heard from Joe, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce you. You haven't been with us for a while here. You've been on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, I was on one, time. but you haven't been back for a while. So just for those who may not have met you in your previous appearances, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you do at Talos uh, in the ICS Skata space and all of that, and uh, give us a little give us a little welcome to the Joe Show. Sweet. Now, well, thanks for having me, gentlemen and Joel. Uh, it's very nice to be here. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're starting off that way. Um, so. <laughs> 
so uh, I am uh, sort of the ICS slash IIoT or IoT, pick your acronym, uh, sort of resident SME here inside of uh, Cisco Talos. Um, I previously was at an electric utility and some DoD, and I just had the craziest industrial control system adventure since I've been at Talos ever since then, uh, courtesy of Matt Only, who's thrown me into some really cool stuff over the years. Um, so hopefully we're going to talk about some of it today, actually. It'd be pretty rad. So we do want to talk SCADA, ICS, and IoT things today. Why don't we start with what ICS really entails? Like, why? what are some of the big issues we face here? We hear about these issues uh, recently in Texas and Florida and other places. There's obviously big risks involved. We're talking about power. We're talking about water. We're talking about critical infrastructure. Super high level. Um, and Texas is a great illustration of this is... When you think about what it is to be in the security business for industrial control security or systems, uh, you're really kind of in the protecting civilization business, right? So, you know, the, the light's got to stay on, the water's got to keep flowing, you know, the things we all take for granted here in a, in a first world country. It doesn't have uh, to. You know, it's, it's I mean, myself. Right? No, we, Craig's I, still yeah, here. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, or I mean, water. Yeah. Or love. You didn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> not not gonna lie less than ideal week um you, you literally know, tried to launch your yeah, wife you had a Craig. whole rubber band system built it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty legit uh yeah so it, it's it's um we're talking about resiliency we're talking about when when bad weather happens how quickly we can restore civilization stuff like that um so you can have you know as texas florida not florida but texas is a great example of you know, there's no hacker that can do anything worse than what Mother Nature can do to an electric grid, right? So, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's just crazy, man. <laughs> Hold my beer, some yeah. hacker just yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that, that's a Should challenge. Some background. Should we give some background on that since people may be listening to this like a couple weeks from now? Um, you just like, want to whine. For those of you who are out of the loop... <laughs> Everybody knows what happened. No one's going to forget that someone dipped Texas in liquid nitrogen for three days and everything broke. That's right. <laughs> that's that's a succinct way to put it, effectively. <laughs> My cat's got me wound yeah. up. Dude. <laughs> this cat has no, got I'm you yeah, in a, in a place. The, uh, so one thing. Like, what is it doing now? Is it just mocking you slightly out of reach? I know it's probably <laughs> under the bed. It's probably sulking. Yeah. So one of the things that came up uh, with that actually that Craig brought up with the situation in Texas was specifically the uh, issues in Black Starts. Can you explain what that is? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the situation you don't really want to see your uh, your generators in. Uh, and just to kind of give some terminology. Uh, you have generation, transmission, distribution, and load. Those are kind of the four categories that we think about when we think about like power delivery. In a black start scenario, your generation turbine is not spinning, right? It is dead for whatever reason. Um, and the reason that it's <laughs> apocalypse, yeah, oh yeah, you know that's that's, that's <laughs> it's and, and you know what? You can have you can shut down turbines naturally because they're expensive to run. Not all not all generation plants run all their turbines at max speed. They might run them at uh, low speed or just turn them off depending on the way gas is selling that particular day and how much money they're going to make. But an involuntary black start, if you will, is typically something really, really bad has happened. Um, and it's not unusual, I guess, because like every time a hurricane comes through Florida, Mitch, I mean, like you guys get wrecked for weeks and you don't have power, right? 
the, the, the thing about well, some people don't. I have a generator some sitting behind my yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't excuse civilization here. Yeah. Uh, as a as a southern boy from Alabama, I respect that. Um, but but the thing about it is that you can see a hurricane coming, right? The people can prepare for it. You know, you always you have all those those outside power line crews mobilizing to come help restore all the transmission and distribution right. lines that get thrown all about. You know, um, the, what's different is Texas didn't see it coming. I guess, and so they didn't really have time, I think, to adequately prepare for supply. No, they but, definitely but, saw it coming because I watched the presentation and the power company's total justification for what happened was, we told you it was going to be cold. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So the, the problem with Blackstart is all right, if your generation gets smacked, right, you can't produce power or enough power. It doesn't really matter. Not all of them got flatlined, right? You, uh, the rule is this. You can't store power on an electric grid. As it's produced, it needs to be consumed, right? So what happens when you have a sudden increase in, in demand and you can't meet the generation, right? Your load spikes, right? Well, then you have to enter what's called a load shed event, which is basically the ERCOT, which is the Texas uh, Reliability Organization, basically says to the utilities, hey, you need to start dropping people, rolling blackouts, whatever. We don't care. We're going we're gonna to fold if you don't do it, right? And the reason that happens is, is you get a domino effect. All right. So imagine somebody's spinning a bunch of plates, right? And you know, you got 10 plates, you're spinning like you're a vaudeville act, and two of them crash. All right. So you've got you can try to recover the two that you think are gonna crash, or you can just say, nah, screw it, I gotta protect the other eight. And that's kind of what the way it is, all right? The plates start spinning and they all start dropping, and then you've got to make some hard choices. Uh, and that's kind of what happened in Texas. They had to start making some really hard choices. Uh, because the the natural gas supply was like everybody's got their heaters cranked to nine million degrees, uh, uh, especially you, Craig. I know you. You went you went nuclear in that house, uh, and uh, that is natural gas supply, right? And then you've got the generation plants <laughs> that need it to make power. So you have a bottleneck all of a sudden. You're like, oh, oh, what do we do here? Do we freeze people or do we make power? What's going to happen? I wanted to, I wanted to start with Black Starts, um, just I think it's a good jumping off point to give some background. On, on the state of the infrastructure, just to kind of color in like when we get into potential cyber attacks and their effects, uh, there's a little more understanding there. Think of it like this, the, the modern electric power grid, and it's really a series of grids. It's just not, it's a, it's a quilt, right? It's a, it's a patchwork quilt, not just one, you, you know, amorphous blob uh, is. Very high voltage quilt. Yeah, no, it's a very lethal quilt. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, but a grid of grids is, is, is really the best way to think about it. Uh, some places are, are modernized and very invested, and some places are, are definitely underinvested. And, and there's um, the reason is cost. Like, so if I was going to build a transmission line, like a 350 kV transmission line, you're, you're looking at a million dollars a mile easy, right? Uh, so you are um, you have to find the capital to suddenly build these things, and it's not free, right? And then I, the company's going to turn and make a profit on that, right? Um, and then you've got congestion issues. Maybe you don't have enough transmission lines. And then you just got like ERCOT issues where they, they made ERCOT because they didn't want federal regulation and didn't really bolt very well into the interconnects. So when something goes south, they can't draw power on from other places, right? Not very easily, not very well. Uh, because Texas, that's what Texas does. So um, the most <laughs> Texas power grid you could think of. Um, uh, some places it's awful. And, and let's not think about power. Let's think about water. Jackson, Mississippi is getting crushed right now. They haven't had clean water in, I think, three weeks. 
the ice storm, I think, clipped Mississippi. And basically, they've been shattering pipes because their pipes are really old. They're water pipes. As soon as they patch something, something else just breaks like 50 yards down the road. So they're still on a board. Well, and the South isn't prepared. For no, that. no, uh, not even remotely right, prepared right. for that. That's not something. That's the problem they had here. Uh, the city put out a press release saying that we were having tens of thousands of pipes burst like at the same time, water mains. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, hey, or you could just live in Baltimore like where I do, where they just shatter and we still don't repair them and it stays here all the time. <laughs> Oh, I mean that would be it would be terrible if if we got if we got a nice storm in in the area I live in Florida it would be absolute game over like that we're not we can shed three feet of water faster than you can imagine here but we mm-hmm. could not handle a quarter inch of ice on anything. You know I remember living in the South like if if it was going to snow like a tenth of an inch all civilization shuts down. But if you've got like tornadoes yeah. outside your house, I'll walk out on the porch and look at it. I don't even care. <laughs> that's Tennessee in uh, a nutshell, right there, yeah. Joe. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah, that's that's living in the South, guys. Yeah. Uh, did you see the picture of the snow tornado? Because that that was a new one for me. I did see that. That was amazing, actually. Um. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, looking at the at the state of that infrastructure, so maybe we should explain a little bit more about the type of technology that's used in managing and securing. Uh, these ICS and SCADA systems. Whew, that's a, that's also a tough one in the sense that you, there's not one organization that owns all the grid and owns all the transmission generation and distribution. Thankfully, there is some, some self-initiated regulation through NERC, North American Energy Liability Corporation, that kind of sets the cybersecurity standard for this is what you should be doing. And those are always evolving and changing to new sets of standards. Um, but, you know, regulation is not security, right? So... Um, there's, there's really a couple of things. So you've got, uh, in the community that I'm involved in so many very smart, talented engineers who are also cybersecurity experts, shout out to the beer ISAC, um, and, uh, who are passionate about protecting infrastructure in, in our country and other countries. Um, and they work together. We work together with anyone in those, those in verticals, aerospace, medical manufacturing, water, power. Um, industrial is just the catch-all word to basically make sure that they're protected. And that's a combination of things we see in IT, monitoring, asset and inventory management, what's going on in your operational technology network. Um, and then a, a good uh, um, OT smattering, if you will, which is uh, be a student of the game, understand what you're trying to protect. How does it work? How do you make the sausage, so to speak? Um, and so you have a, a combination of sort of mundane cybersecurity threats. Ransomware is a good example of that. Um, and then you have some of the more esoteric ones where we've seen some nation-state shenanigans happen inside of our electric grid as well. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had like template APT, right? We had, it's, on our, it's on the Talos blog where we were seeing, you know, uh, 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 the power vertical being targeted with like fake resumes that were trying to do, uh, you know, a, a macro launch uh, from an offshored um like a, a Word doc or something like that, right? They're going to go download the template on the internet. And this was specifically aimed at that. And that was absolutely 100% nation state. Um, no one has been bold enough to treat us like Ukraine, right? No one's come in and said, I'm going to flip the power off on Pittsburgh or Topeka, Kansas or whatever, right? Uh, mainly because unlike, say, Ukraine, we have nuclear weapons. So uh, I don't think anyone's been that bold yet to, to try shenanigans. Um but, uh, and I would actually be willing to catch Matt's thought on this. Um, I, I think electric cooperatives, however, 
or a different ball game when it comes to uh, uh, sort of cybersecurity stuff or cyber threats. You, you've got a lot of experience um, in that space, Matt. Yeah, I, I think I would say broadly, um, we have definitely seen state actors targeting electrical infrastructure um, as it happens. Um, we've seen it at, at, at smaller infrastructure. Um, but uh, I don't think that means that they aren't looking for avenues to go after larger infrastructure. Um, they seemed content to sit there. It was like pre-positioning stuff in my mind. Um, but no, there's definitely, there's definitely interest globally in being in a position to, to flip a switch if they want to be able to flip a switch. Yeah. I think somebody on your team made it once. It's about sending a message, right? We can do this. We'll flip yeah. off your power if we want to, as a sort of a political apparatus to say that you're not as safe as you think you are, which and the U S is probably tantamount to an act of war, to be honest. Um, but if you actually go and research U.S. policy, there's no specific law that I'm aware of that says if you mess with our power, we're we're coming after you with tomahawk missiles or something like that. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. That seems like that would be a bad move. <laughs> eh, yeah, maybe. So, uh, so I just, yeah. So I mean, like like security threats to the grid and all that are um, ever present. You've got adversaries. You've got mundane threats. Um, and then you've just got plain old underinvested infrastructure. So it's always a combination of things that are threatening basically the way of life that we enjoy here in the good old U.S. of A. Matt, like Joe's, Joe's been talking about this for a while, I and mean, you guys have worked together. Um, oh yeah, a little bit in this space. So what are some of your uh, yeah, what, what are some of your takes on <laughs> on this? Generally speaking, I think the thing the, the thing that I think about like one the first thing I want to echo is something Joe said. Um, about the people behind all of this, like you will not find in my experience, uh, someone who is half-assing protecting the electrical infrastructure. Like, like they know like every day that they walk in the door, what they're, what they're facing and what they're protecting. And, and in every, every instance, um, from, from just the smallest co-op, you know, in, in Southern Illinois or, or anywhere else that, that we've been, um, even when it's a one man IT shop, they know what they're, what they're protecting and they're looking to do the best job they can. So I always want to highlight that. The thing about, the thing about critical infrastructure that's different from what, like, like if you practice typical enterprise security is you build critical infrastructure for it to be that way for 30 years. Right. Like, like you, you, you want, you do not want to be, uh, updating and fiddling and changing and, and screwing around with, with that setup. You get it to where it's satisfying your needs. You expand it when you need to, but, but there's a way that you, you are doing power or you are doing water or you're doing whatever. Um, and that is the way you do it. Um, and you don't want to be making a lot of changes or investing in new technology because you want it stable and constantly supplying the life critical services that it supplies. So the just the environment that you're in is different than than typical enterprise security. Um, enterprise security moves at a flash compared to what you typically see in critical infrastructure. Mm. We're actually seeing that change a little bit. Uh, one of the things that is like five years ago, I'd have laughed at if you said this, but there's a ton of cloud stuff based in OT right now. Five years ago, it didn't exist. Yep. Uh, so OT's operational mm -hmm. technology, that's just the, 
the brother or sister to information technology. And and here's to demystify it a bit. If you're wondering what the what the crazy science or technology behind behind OT is, it's mostly the same stuff. It's Windows, it's servers, it's workstations, it's switches and routers. You have that yet that that five or ten percent uniqueness. Programmable logic controllers, RTUs, distributed control systems. Like there's definitely some some dyed in the wool XCADA stuff. There's absolutely stuff that is comparatively unique to that environment. But um, because these two areas segments have just outright converged, um, what you find is now that like if ransomware gets into your OT network, uh, Norse Hydro is a good example of that. Uh, you're shut down as a business, and you're going to start hemorrhaging money. Um, I think Norse Hydro got hit for like seventy million dollars just in their manufacturing, third largest extruded man- aluminum manufacturer in the world. Global price of aluminum went up 1.3% when they got smoked by ransomware. Uh, so we're we're looking at like real serious stuff. And a lot of it's because of uh, operational technology, modernization and digitization. Uh, so all of a sudden what was, I ain't got to worry about that. I'm in operational technology or ICS is, mm-mm, doesn't apply anymore. You're, you're, on the, you're on the chopping block as much as anybody else right now. So yeah, good times. Does the stability aspect um, that you were just talking about, Matt, is, is that how we end up with patchwork type systems just to keep the stability going along or systems that effectively can't be patched properly? Is, is, is the stability aspect what drives a lot of that? Part of it, but I'd say what drives that, like that particular thing more than anything else is just a dramatic underinvestment in infrastructure across the country. Like you don't, you don't sit at a critical infrastructure plant and be like, "Mm, let's see, I could get this enterprise grade remote access product that's backed by, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of engineering and everything else that no one's had a problem with and everyone's tested. Or I could go team viewer that everybody shits on every chance they get. (laughs) And, you know, you know, and it's so... You know, I'm going to go team viewer based on on the dots. No, you'd go with team viewer because that's what you can afford, right? right. Or because you can, you don't ha- you can't hire an IT person to run the infrastructure necessary to allow your engineers to have 24 seven access securely to your environment. So you outsource the entire thing to to team viewer. Like I will never sit here and 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 shit on on the the architecture decisions of critical infrastructure people because we don't fund those systems. Uh, and, and so they do what they can with what they have. And, and part of a lot of the work that Joe has done with me over the past five years is going to these dramatically underfunded environments and been like, I brought you the best and brightest security minds that we have at Cisco and we're going to spend a week with you and we're going to tell you everything we think you should do. And that's the service that they just couldn't afford to like go out and purchase. Right. And so, so like coming in and saying, look, we, we, here are some creative low cost solutions for what you need to do based on the threat that you're facing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, man, that's so good. That hits, I'm getting like flashbacks of all the engagements we've had over the years both you know, internationally and here in the US. Um, one of the things that I discovered is that it's not negligence, it's not um, you know, uh, ignorance, it's they just they don't have the vocabulary to understand why, say, putting TeamViewer directly on the internet unauthenticated is a bad idea. And that's just primarily because maybe at the time they did it, there wasn't a cybersecurity person to go, hey guys, that's probably not a good idea. We really shouldn't just bolt that right into our water infrastructure. They didn't know. 
They didn't know. They're there to keep the water flowing so people can live, right? Um, and I mean, sometimes something gets by. It happens, right? But, you know, one of the things uh, I learned uh, when I was in Ukraine, this is a story that I've told Matt more than a few times. Uh, I was in a transmission substation with uh, uh, the, uh, a cybersecurity person, the director of transmission, a bunch of important uh, Ukrainian uh, power people. And uh, I said, tell me a story. How does somebody get from outside of your entire enterprise into your ICS to, to mess with something, preventative maintenance, something breaks, whatever, right? And they go, well, they VPN inside of our network. I'm like, all right, that's a decent start, I guess. And then they go to a switch, and that from that switch, they can get into our operational technology network. And I was like, okay, a switch? They go, yeah, yeah, you have to have a specific IP to get from one to the other. And I went, okay, uh, so you don't do any kind of bastion host, two-factor authentication? They go, yeah, we do two-factor authentication. We have that switch. And I kind of looked at them, and I, of course, I'm speaking through a translator, right? And I went, guys, that's, that's not two-factor authentication. And they looked me dead in the eyes and they go, yes, it is. And I'm, mm, no, it's not, fellas. <laughs> um, and it just occurred to me, like, rather than getting a shouting match or something like that through a zine, which would have been hilarious, by the way. Um, uh, 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 I, I just said, you know what? I don't think anyone's ever really taken the time to explain exactly what this is and why it should be deployed and utilized correctly in your, in your IT and your OT environments. And I always thought, man, I have to go to another country to experience that. And the reality is... No, I could just go down the street to my local electric cooperative and they may be in the exact same boat. And that's not necessarily their fault. It's just they don't have the vocabulary. So let's say that you're watching a movie called Die Hard 4, right? (laughs) No, (laughs) No, so I mean, and it's not like uh, that, like you were saying earlier, there's not something that's like we don't have a national power grid. We at best have a regional power grid, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and sometimes they work together and sometimes they don't. But all of these people have different companies that run these regional power grids that have different budgets and things like that. So it's kind of like we don't have a national – correct me if I'm wrong. You, you know far more about this than I do. We don't have a national strategy around, A, how power grids should be run, B, how they should be funded, and C, how they should be secured. Uh, we do in the Department of Energy. Uh, they, they, they have offices of energy and reliability. It's their sole job to think of these things. The problem okay. is, is that you have investor-owned infrastructure. This is privately owned equity right. infrastructure. It's not nationalized, right? The U.S. government doesn't own all of it. So a good example, and I'm looking at you, Texas, um, <laughs> is uh, 10 <laughs> years ago, like nobody said, oh, we didn't see this ice storm coming. And I'm like, bullshit, you saw it coming. 10 years ago, a bad ice storm hit, I think, New Mexico, El Paso, that area of the country, and some people lost power. And so NERC did a after-action report post-mortem. What happened here, right? And they said, you know what, guys, we've got to winterize our national – here's a list of suggestions. Winterizing our national gas plants. Um, more uh, uh, gas infrastructure that's resilient to like a frost heave or something that could adversely affect uh, an underground gas pipe. Uh, and then the operators in Texas looked at all those recommendations and went, dude, this is going to cost a lot of money. How about I don't do any of that? And then that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And then lo and behold, 10 years later, you know, Ice Storm Odin or whatever it's called comes in and just smokes all of Texas. So, yeah, they did see that coming. They just chose not to do anything about it. Well, so the thing the thing that I disagree with is that like and you said it, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, but the thing that I disagree with wholeheartedly is that like, uh, you said that there's I'm no, not saying you're wrong. The thing I disagree uh, with wholeheartedly. No, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> this has never happened before. 
right? Is, is This has never happened before. And then you referenced New Mexico several years ago. This happens every year, many times a month, a thousand miles north. Oh, yeah. hundred. <laughs> right? They know how to handle this in Wisconsin. Yeah. Learn from Wisconsin, right? You know? That's because there's, there's snow on the ground seven months out of the year. So they, they, they know what right? they're doing. But yeah. it's, my point is, is that it's possible to do these things. And to make an excuse of, oh, well, we didn't know this was coming. B.S., Canada has this constantly. We didn't yeah. see this Give coming Canada versus we didn't see that as uh, what's I mean, financially responsible for yeah. our shareholders yeah. is probably, right. you know. I don't so here, here's a here's a fun fact for you. Uh, so uh, natural gas plants very common in the United States. Cost about a billion dollars or so to make. Um, and when you're building them in North or South Dakota or Minnesota or someplace, right? They actually will enclose the entire facility, or at least the turbines, in a climate-controlled way. Uh, the average natural gas plant, the instrumentation fails at about four degrees uh, uh, Fahrenheit, right? Uh, well, in Texas, it was like negative three with wind chill, right? So these plants could not operate in that weather because only maybe a quarter or a half uh, were even partially enclosed, you know, for their turbines. They didn't winterize. They just didn't winterize, and so there you go. I want to, I want to start driving toward more towards solutions. So like what what is what what is something that these power, water, gas providers can do in the absence of a windfall of investment in infrastructure? Uh, what are some of the solutions and some of the things they should be doing? Uh, I'm going to go to something Matt told me a while ago and I I I've repeated it because it's it's sage wisdom. Uh uh the, the most chronic underinvestment we typically see is not in technology but in people. Uh, so like the cities, when old Mar got hit, right. There just maybe was not a cybersecurity person who was knowledgeable enough to go, you know, this is a bad idea, right? You can, we lean on technology really hard, but there is a critical shortage of cybersecurity professionals who are in ICS. Um, I was going to say yeah. It's th- that, yeah, uh, you were, I thought you were going to go in a different direction with that sentence. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt, but the, uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, there's a critical shortage of, ICS people that have cybersecurity knowledge. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of yeah. It, it's I mean, really weird. Like I started off in I started off in IT. I didn't know what ICS was until I started working for an right. electric utility. Right. Sometimes it's the other way around. You've got this really amazing electrical engineer, and he or she is like, I want to know more about cybersecurity. Unfortunately, I can count on one hand how many people I've met who have kind of found that career path. Um, but like we have an opportunity now in in colleges with advanced programs. Uh, there's some really great feeder programs coming out of Department of Energy that are trying to educate sort of that next generation of the workforce. Um, I got my ICS knowledge through donuts, the almighty power of the breakfast pastry. If you don't know anything, so this is, this is a shout out for my IT uh, 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 brethren and sisters who are out there and you want to get into ICS security and you work within the vicinity of something industrial, but you want to know more, go buy some donuts, find out where the engineers hang out, bring them donuts and just do it a few times. <laughs> and then one day you'll go and you'll ask them, how does this gas turbine work? And they will be, they'll go, yeah, donut hookup. I will share my time with donut you and tell you about it. Know, yeah. uh, in the state of Alabama, if you've got a dozen fresh Krispy Kreme donuts, that's pretty much legal tender. Like you can get whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, that sounds pretty good right about now. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so seriously, like if, if you're listening to our beers with Talos, I mean, great. It's awesome. Donuts. Go learn. Be friends with those people. You will learn so much. And before you know it, you'll be in an amazing community of ICS security professionals. And we all, it's an extremely positive, uplifting community. We want more more folks to, to, to be as passionate about it as we are. So, yeah. 
better security through donuts. I like it. Craig, Matt, Joel, any uh, yep. admonitions? That's a podcast yeah. right there. Yeah, we actually That's could a do podcast. a whole topic. On, <laughs> we could. Uh, anything else you guys want to share on on protection moving forward? Like what 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 are the right things that we have seen people doing? They should be doing, yada yada. Well, I think Joe really hit the nail on the head when he was talking about, you know, um, well, actually, maybe he was quoting Matt about investing in people in addition to technology. I think it's really easy for executives to see we need a new X where X is a piece of equipment or a piece of software. And it's really easy to wrap your head around why we need it. You know, we need the widget. But I think when it comes to things like security, you've actually got to make sure you have the right people to run the gear. And I think a lot of the time people try and, you know, make people do it who have no experience or background. And that's where you run into a lot of these problems. So I I guess the thing that I wanted to put emphasis on is part of buying the gear or buying the equipment or getting the security suite is making sure you have the right people to run and administer it. And not only that, but you've set aside budget for training because like we've all seen, the reason we do this podcast, security is not a once and done topic. You've got to stay fresh. You've got to make sure you monitor the situation. You've got to monitor current threats and you've got to stay up to date so that you can keep protecting the assets you're in charge of. Uh, Matt, we've heard two other people's favorite advice that you've given. What's your favorite advice that you've given? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just... You need to think about things earlier in the process. I got to go down to Australia before they had the... uh, Many, many years ago. Uh, To to frame it for you guys, Lorraine was with me on this trip. Um, so that's that. That's how long ago it was, um, and we got to kind of. They were very excited to tell us about their uh, um, their new smart grid that they were building, and so they took us to this warehouse, and the guy's explaining to me. There's the we have a minder, um, and you know he was all polished and nice, and he's like, yeah, you know, look, here's the deal. Um, Australia's a big place, and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, stuffs fall apart. I'm like, yep, I get it, and he's like. So it's really expensive to send someone out there. And so with this new technology, if someone, for example, um, needs to be cut off because they don't pay their bill, we can do that remotely. And I'm like, uh, what if what if you're not the one deciding whose power goes off? And he's like, what do you mean? And then at that very (laughs) moment, they were running the simulation and the whole warehouse goes pitch black. And I'm like, like that, <laughs> like if you're not the person deciding. And so that was a long enough time ago where I think I think where people are today is dramatically different. Like everybody understands that there are there are concerns and things to think about when you're when you're um, going into building critical infrastructure, anything, any life critical kind of thing with on top of an information technology. And so. My problem is, and I think about this a lot, I don't talk about it a lot, but like you don't hear a lot about banks being, you know, um, breached because banks have the money and banks can afford to have, you know, 20 man intelligence teams uh, and, and then drive, you know, watching everything and, and everything set up. And then you're like, okay, that's good. 
But then you go to some of these power stations, you're like, I want to talk to your IT staff. And the guy's like, I am the IT staff. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And so, but and he's, <laughs> and he's in charge of protecting power for 23,000 households. And, 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 is, and to be real clear, in case he's listening and, and he can figure out, he was doing a great job, right? But let me tell you what's, having two people in a job is more than double better having one person. Like having the ability to sit and chat with somebody and kind of noodle through a problem is incredibly important. And having one guy in an entire organization who is in charge of securing the power against nation state level threats is bonkers. And it's just nuts that this country puts up with it. And so, you know, we've done a great job in kind of tying together ISACs and sharing information. But ultimately, and this is coming from the guy who's in charge of sharing information for Cisco, information sharing is the thoughts and prayers of information security. You can sit there and be like, hey, we're, we, we had this massive failure. What do we do? Oh, well, we'll set up a committee and we'll share more information. No, bullshit. How about you give someone some money so they can actually afford to do something? So the cats really pissed me off today. And now I just, it's, I was, I'm all bored, though. I'm uh, all bored. Uh, I love uh, the thoughts is, and prayers. Thoughts analogy. and prayers is fantastic. Please keep going. That's great. I, yeah. I'm still thinking about the fact that Matt was like, I think about robbing banks. <laughs> so we got that and thoughts and prayers. I mean, it's a great episode for us. I mean, if you've had the, if you've had, I mean, I know you have, Craig, but if you've ever talked to, <laughs> if, whoa, hey, <laughs> but if you've ever talked to the the security staff of a bank, it's like right. you need an auditorium to go talk to that staff, <laughs> right? But you talk to the IT staff of even a moderately sized, you know, 300, 500,000 household power company, you might have three to five people, right? And so it's, yeah. it's, it's bonkers. We're going to go around the table real quick and get a closing thought and parting shot from each of you guys before we close up shop for the day. Uh, Craig, that would put you first. I, I'm really excited to have water and power. It's <laughs> I bet you are. Pretty great. Not I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Like having, hey, did having you guys hear that Craig lost power? The water. I did. Was that <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that Texas had a problem? Yeah, did you did hear you Craig hear lost power? He lost water, too. It was crazy. <laughs> Ask him about I it. Wait, wait. Austin Austin when? had some power problems. <laughs> you lost power, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, briefly. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> only, only a little bit. Off having and on having been days. through uh, the aftermath of a of a few hurricanes, I can tell you the water is worse than the power, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't realize that because it didn't happen to a lot of places. That's what was so strange about it. And then, in retrospect, the part that was especially frustrating is the reason that we lost water was because the water pumping station lost power. They actually had two redundant power supplies but didn't know how to turn them on because it was like a 70s-era switching system. And they'd actually passed budget in January to replace it with a modern system. Um, Maybe they should have passed so budget it, for know. some training. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, the stories that... I mean, I'm sure stuff will still come out for, like, the next several months, but the stuff that we've seen is just amazing. Yeah. Joe, how about you? You got a parting shot or a closing thought for everybody? Oh, man, I got so many. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to narrow it down, I guess. Um, you, Five you know, bucks he mentions uh, Waffle House. 
Oh God! Oh, <laughs> Waffle Ooh. House. I miss you, Cody. Well, he, he already did sweet tea. What else is on the bingo card? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, waffle hizzy. One day I'll be eating you soon. I promise. Um, I, I guess it is that I think the winds of change are blowing in a positive direction for security, generally in critical infrastructure. But it's a slow roll. It's real slow. Um, and like City of Oldsmar uh, attack and other things are kind of just bringing to the forefront just kind of how underinvested we are in people and infrastructure, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, people. Like, like we're working hard. We need everybody on deck to help us. Um, and, you know, a shout out to all, all my pros in this space and others who care about it and want to do something positive about it. Um, we're going to get through it and we're going to be better. And I'm stoked. <laughs> Joel, closing thought, parting shot, buddy. Hey, uh, thanks, Joe, for coming on. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I, I look forward to not seeing you next weekend when we go hunting in Tennessee. Uh, You're not joining me, uh, and I'm uh, upset about oh, it. Oh, God, <laughs> the dagger twist is brutal right now. Uh, you know what we should do is we should go to Tennessee, go hunting, get some sweet tea, and eat at a Waffle House, and then call you. <laughs> no, All right, don't. I got a bingo. Yeah. What, do I, what do I do? <laughs> That's a single tear rolls down my cheek. Yep. Yep. Matt, parting shot, closing thought. So this has been the uh, Joe Marshall show. So I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? Because we've been quoting you the whole show. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Um, so what I've been doing in the background, uh, because I've spent hours talking to Joe about this. And so uh, it's been reviewing our telemetry in a system that kind of highlights um, weird things that happen on customer networks uh, that mm. – uh, um, that the system's like, might be bad, might be good, I don't know, here, look at this. And so I'm looking at it, and someone's set up a Tor tunnel, and they've they've tucked away all of their bad. Tor files into a directory called, nothing to see here, V2. <laughs> 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 so there's a V1 somewhere. So somewhere there's a V1. <laughs> we see some strange shit, oh. dude. <laughs> we definitely do, we definitely do. I love it. I love Joe, it I want to thank you for coming on and sharing some ICS SCADA stuff with us today. Definitely appreciate you. Hey, man. Stay tuned. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yeah. No, you can come back anytime. We love having you on. Uh, stay tuned. Episode 105 will be coming up in just a couple weeks. And until then, stay safe. Stay subscribing. I don't know. Anybody else? What else we got? Out of? <laughs> stay safe. Stay subscribed. And we'll see you then. Cheers. <laughs> stay subscribing. <laughs> Where's that cat? <laughs> <laughs>